0: In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today, throughout the AECNA, is the observance of World Mission Sunday. This is a Sunday set aside to highlight world mission and how we can be involved. It is to remind us that we have an eternal hope in the one who will not return until every nation has had the opportunity to hear the saving message of the gospel. And Paul reminds us of this in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 15, and he reminds us of the importance of mission to the world when he asks these following questions. How then will they call on him him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to hear... And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Now, in today's gospel, Matthew wrote the account of Jesus giving the disciples the Great Commission. And to kind of put this in a little bit of context, the Great Commission in in Matthew's gospel comes just after the resurrection and before Jesus ascends into heaven. And now Jesus gave very clear instructions to the disciples, and some even say he gave them the great command. Now, if we go back to verses 19 and 20, you can follow along either in your bulletin or in your Bible, where Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What Jesus said to the disciples, what are the key words that he said to them? He said, go, make, baptize them, and teach them. Those words were not suggestions to the disciples. There were no conditions to any of those words. Jesus did not say to them, you know, if you feel like it, then go. Or if you have some free time this afternoon, why don't you go? Or if you finish with Netflix, then you can go. He was very clear on the action required. They were to go, and it was not optional. This command is true today as it was when Jesus spoke those words. And we are held to the same command as the disciples. We are to obey all of the commands and make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. This was non negotiable for the first disciples, and it's non negotiable for us. And it's non negotiable for every future Christian until Jesus comes again. And we know from Scripture that Jesus will not return until every nation has had the opportunity to hear the saving message of the gospel. Now, it sounds like a pretty big challenge, doesn't it? But Jesus knew that the disciples and the church and we would be imperfect. We would feel inadequate in fall to spiritual warfare that is waged against us. If we look back to verse 17, we can see that, where it says, "They worshipped him, but some doubted." See, even the, some of the disciples had some doubts. I think we can all relate to how they felt. We've all had doubts from time to time, or had to battle, battle spiritual warfare when we are doing the work of the kingdom when we do follow the call of mission even then we will feel overwhelmed and not prepared now, I had to experience this a few years ago when Christy and I went on a solo mission to Mexico we were going to one of the three ACNA churches in all of Mexico and as we were p- preparing and getting ready I was, I was excited and I felt that I was ready to go and then the other members of the team flew into DFW and we had team building. Now I was really ready to go. I thought I was all set. So then we flew into Mexico City and then into a smaller airport closer to where we were going. I was still feeling pretty good about the mission and how prepared I was. But then all of a sudden it hit me that my Spanish was very bad. (laughs) But fortunately we had some team members who could speak Spanish well and acted as our translators and then when we were in Mexico there was another couple from, couple US missionaries that were there that joined us who also act as translators and now they were great help but also there's some words that just don't translate well some phrases don't translate well so i was still feeling a little like I was in over my head so as the first day started I was still feeling inadequate because of that language barrier but it was amazing how God was working everything out the entire day and the next day we was followed by more teachings and that night we were having a prayer time so earlier in that second day we shared a talk about healing and some of the team members stood back in the back of the room and if someone wanted to be prayed for they would raise their hand and then the team member would go and pray for them so I was standing in the back and this one man raised his hand and it was almost at the end of the time I knew that I wouldn't understand a word he was saying because I didn't have a translator with me and I knew that he wouldn't understand a word that I was saying to him but I knew that God would take care of it and I had to trust in God that he knew what he needed and that I could pray for him despite the language barrier Now I'd seen this man earlier in the day he was a pretty big guy, kind of intimidating almost. He was 6'4", and he could have played a d- defensive end in the NFL. But it was a look on his face that I still have a hard time describing. You could see there was a tension and a torment in his face. And you could s- tell just by his face that he had been through some really bad things. So our prayer time that night, <clears throat> I noticed that he actually returned to the church. But he stayed in the seat almost the entire service. His face and body language showed that he was struggling internally. I prayed he would come forward for prayer, but as the evening passed and person by person after person came forward, he still hadn't come forward yet. Now, again, close to the end of the evening, which was supposed to be ending earlier, but people just kept coming and coming, so we, we continued to pray for people. Then I looked up, and there he was standing in front of me. He had finally come forward to ask for prayer. So the team began to pray for him, and we prayed for quite a while. Then he went and sat down, and the evening continued. And I did not, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see him before the end of the night. I was hoping to catch him and maybe with a translator and talk to him. So the next morning, we had one more teaching before the Sunday service. And then afterwards, the church had planned a big lunch for everybody, and we were in the parish hall. And then, out of nowhere, this big man comes over with this huge smile on his face. Now, I hadn't seen this this guy smile before. And then he gives me a big hug. And at first, I wasn't sure who it was and why he was giving me a hug. But then I realized it was the man we had prayed for the night before. And his face was completely different. His whole countenance had changed. His whole persona changed. And there was such joy and happiness in his face that he looked completely different. And he was so excited that he he wanted to introduce us to his wife and wanted to take pictures with us. It was like it was night and day, a completely different person. You see, this is the literal transformative power of the gospel. God transformed this man from an angry, tortured man into a husband and father filled with joy. Only the power of Jesus could have accomplished that transformation. And as Bishop Quachey once stated, there's no, no darkness is beyond the reach of his light. No situation beyond the scope of his forgiveness and his healing. Because today, tomorrow, and forever, he is Jesus, the living one. And that's what Jesus did for this man. He transformed his life He reached into those dark places and brought his forgiveness and love to him. So even when we do have doubts or feel inadequate to spread the gospel, it's okay. Because it's truly not dependent upon our abilities, but upon our obedience to Jesus. We just need to trust in Jesus because as part of the Great Commission, he promised to be with us always to the end of the age. So we are never truly alone when we step out in faith to spread the gospel. So just trust in Jesus and he'll be there. And this is needed ever more in today's world. There's a great need for that transformative, transforming love of the gospel. We see this in more and more not only in the world, but in our neighborhoods, our state, schools, workplaces everywhere needs that love. Which leads us to ask the question, how are we going to get involved in Jesus' mission to transform lives through the power of his gospel and love? Now, everyone's involvement in mission will be different. Not everyone's called to go to northern Malawi or to the Sudan or to Mexico or some remote area of the Amazon jungle to spread the gospel. But that doesn't mean you can't be involved in mission. You don't have to go to the ends of the earth to spread the gospel. The world is right outside the doors of this church, right outside the front doors of your house. It's in the grocery store or anywhere where you work, at school or at Walmart. There are so many people in need of seeing, hearing, and experiencing the transforming love of the gospel through our actions and words. There are also many other ways that we can be involved in mission without going to the ends of the earth. It is simple as checking on an elderly neighbor who may be isolated due to COVID. It is simply bringing some much-needed items to the Union Gospel Mission or the community storehouse. Or you can invite somebody who has not heard the gospel to the community Bible study. The possibilities are endless. So we all have a responsibility to get involved. Another great way to be involved in mission is prayer. In fact, prayer is essential for those in the mission field. You can pray for our mission partners around the world. You can set time aside every day to pray for our centurion in Malawi. Or pray for our mission partners in Myanmar, who right now are currently there is a military coup going on in Myanmar, and phones and internet access has been cut off, and the leaders of this country have been jailed. Some of you may recall a few years back where Archbishop Stephen who is the Archbishop of the province of Miramar visited St. Barnabas and we had a pancake breakfast for him and he preached for us. We can also keep him and Bishop David of the Diocese of Mandalay in our daily prayers. But much like prayer when we are involved in mission we may not see the results right away or maybe even never. But I want to share one way with you that we can actually see the results. See, This past summer on a hot Friday night we gathered in the back parking lot and put together love boxes for Embrace Grace. Those boxes were dropped off at a local pregnancy center and a young single woman who was experiencing an unexpected pregnancy received one of those boxes and because of that love box she reached out to us. And now is going through the Embrace Grace class here at St. Barnabas. And she is experiencing the love of Christ and hearing the gospel. You see, that simple act of putting those love boxes together, we were able to bring the gospel to this young woman. And if you feel called and want to continue to build this woman up, you can participate in the baby shower that is part of the Embrace Grace class. So there is an also another important part of doing mission. Again, same with prayer. You may not see those immediate results. And I heard an interesting story a couple weeks ago at the clergy retreat where the priest was leading a talk similar to on the Great Commission also. Um, and he was talking about his uncle who was a farmer in Canada. He told the story of how he would till the field, prepare the land, plant the seed, and water it. And at that point, there was much, not much else he could do, but he just had to trust that the seeds would grow into whatever crop he had planted. And he and the funny thing was when he said, you know, some people say, well, why are you sitting around not doing anything? He's like, well, what am I supposed to do, go out in the field and sit and shout at the seeds to grow? He just has to trust that they will grow. This is a perfect analogy for the mission field. We are to obediently go and do the work that God tells us to do we prepare the land, plant the seeds then we need to trust God will do the rest so with Ash Wednesday and Lent just 10 days away I pray that you will take time to pray between now and Ash Wednesday about how you can be involved in mission put time aside each day to pray and see where God is calling you and as Easter approaches we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and we celebrate the joy and hope that comes with knowing him but for many that have not heard the gospel and do not know Jesus Easter does not bring that same joy and hope but we can change that by sharing the gospel with them because as Archbishop Korsi tells us no human system or culture in this world no matter how civilized Can ever produce a Christian. Only the gospel can do that. But if we do not bring the gospel to them, how will they know it? And going back to what Paul wrote, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But first pray to see where God is calling you. And remember, when Jesus gave the Great Commission, it was not optional or a suggestion, it was a command. This may be difficult, but remember, we are never alone. Remember what Jesus promised, I am with you always to the end of the age. So trust in him and step out boldly in faith to share the gospel with others. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.